Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to a different episode 18 this week. We originally had a really good episode, really good recording. I was joined by Jimmy and George. Uh, the three of us were joined by Jacob from work, who is the Blackburn Rovers reporter. He was at Ewood yesterday with George and I. And yeah, it was it was a good episode given the circumstances. Uh, we obviously discussed the game yesterday, uh, spoke to Jacob about a few different things. He's a Birmingham City fan uh, and covers Blackburn Rovers for work, so... I asked his sort of thoughts on North End from an outsider's point of view, and then we just sort of covered off the season so far. We looked ahead to the Barnsley game and answered a few listener questions. Uh, we answered Gary Turner's, which was a, a relatively positive point in the pod. Um, we answered Tom Schwarbrick's question. We answered Dave Wormsley's question. And one brings two, or at Jeff Linton on Twitter as well, uh, which was the one about the best flavour of crisps to put in a butty. But you can't hear any of that because I screwed up. Yeah, I left the call after a few minutes to go and reset my internet because I was having connection problems. Done it loads of times in the past, did it the other week with Billy Bowden. And usually when I re-enter the call, the recording just carries on. Um, however, this time it didn't, and I only realised after 90 minutes of very good conversation. So, yeah, I shouldn't really laugh, because I'm really annoyed at myself. So I apologise for that. Um, feel free to give me pelters on Twitter if you want. Hasn't stopped a few people today, namely Jimmy, but I have no qualms with that he's entitled to, given that he was podcasting whilst looking after... Two children on his own. Well, I don't know if it was on his own, but yeah. So, yeah, we have a different episode 18. Um, Jimmy and George have very kindly sent voice notes through. And we've also got a voice note from Ollie as well, who is out of the country, so I managed to watch the game yesterday on iFollow. So we've got their thoughts on the Blackburn Rovers game. And, yeah, I will hand you over to Jimmy. Now then, how are we all? Hope you're all well. Um, apologies for voice note this week. There's one person to blame for that, and it isn't me. Um, King Space Cadet Jake Oates decided to forget to press the record button. So, yeah, sorry you're not just listening to a decent discussion we had with George and uh, Jacob from uh, Lanks Live. But uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with one of these instead. So, yesterday, not great. Decent first half. Um, looked okay. Conditions didn't really help either team. Thought the game became very attritional, very uh, much of a battle. I think uh, Tony Mowbray came out after the game and said that that's what he wanted it to become, um, a bit of a battle. And I thought first half we looked up for the fight. Um, you know, our midfield three did really well, I thought, for the first half. But, you know, whatever was said at half time didn't work. Um, 
you know, Blackman came out like a steam train. We looked like we'd been pampered and given a bit of a cuddle at half time and, you know, we just never got back in the game second half. And Blackburn ultimately ran out deserved winners. Um I think, you know, Ched's chance at nil nil in the first half, it's a good save by pairs, but it's the only shot on target in the game and for a keeper to be coming in and making all these what second or third appearance for Blackburn looked absolutely shocking against Reading when they played them in his previous appearance this season. I think they had four shots on target that night. They scored four goals and we just didn't test him at all. And that was really disappointing from my perspective. Um, I think our wing-backs didn't really support the attacking play. Um, we just didn't get any enough balls into the box. Not enough support for Chad and for, for Reese. You know, literally feeding off scraps for the majority of the game. You know, our quality into the box has got to be better. Um, we can't keep relying on our midfield three to get all the assists and all the creativity coming through those three players. Felt for Brown yesterday. He worked his absolute nuts off. Um, think he's in decent form at the minute, but ultimately he, he wasn't rewarded um, for his individual hard work because it's a team game. And yeah. I thought we were poor. I think tactically we were really poor yesterday. You know, they scored the goal, what, seven, eight minutes after the break. And, you know, it took us another 20, 25 minutes to, to make a change to try and impact the game. You know, going four at the back, going three up front. But it didn't work, you know, and it, it probably needed to happen 10 or 15 minutes earlier, if not 20, 25 minutes, you know, to make the required impact because we're relying on players to make a, a massive impact on the game with 10, 15, in 10, 15 minutes. You know, sometimes it takes that long for those sort of players to settle into the game. So, yeah, really disappointed yesterday. It was wet, it was cold. The conditions didn't help either team first half. You know, I was quite surprised the game was actually on. You know, we heard there was a pitch inspection about two o'clock and it only just came through the pitch inspection. But you could tell in the warm-ups, you know, the ball wasn't moving particularly great down. You know, our right-hand side first half, Rovers left. And, yeah, I just thought it was um, a bit of a scrappy game that was decided by a, a good header. But, you know, we've got to look at root cause of that problem. You know, a throw-in. Whiteman's got the guy in the corner. All of a sudden, goes in. I don't think all of a sudden he needs to. You know, leaves the guy free to deliver the cross in. And it's a good header by a guy that's in electric form at this moment in time. Could Lindsay do better? Probably. But, you know, I, I think when you're up against the quality like that and it was just that one moment of quality that decided the game and once again, we're left really disappointed. Yeah, just looking at our recent form, you know, four wins, two draws, four defeats in the last 10 games. But then you break it down, you know, whilst that's 13th in the league in the form table, which is all right, if we're honest. Um, but, you know, we're not in a great place for the whole season. Probably count on one hand the amount of times I've been excited this year. And, you know, we're, put, we're 21 games into the season and that's a real concern for me. You know, last 15 games was 17th in the league in terms of form. Last five games, 20th. So our form isn't great. And you look at the four games we've won, you know, Middlesbrough, <laughs> let's be honest, we were awful for 75 minutes of that game and it's taken a decent header from Chad from the corner and then uh, a moment of absolute calamity from Saul Bamba to, to gift us the three points. You know, they sort of self-destructed. Bournemouth got Danny Iverson to thank for the result that night. 
an absolute wonder save late on. Played all right in spells, but very defensive as a performance. Luton, they were ravaged by injury. You know, they had no um, Adebayo, I think it was, their striker that was scoring goals. They're a good side. You see that yesterday, putting three past them lot down the road. And then the Coventry game, when we won 2-1. And, you know, I just get really disappointed when I look at the defeats. You know, 1-0 yesterday, one shot on target. The Forest game, getting absolutely dicked 3-0. When we played Blackpool, you know, two shots on target in the game, 2-0 defeat. And then the Cardiff game, when we've capitulated, really, they, very similar to yesterday, where we felt safe at half-time. You know, we were the better team. You know, going to the break 1-0 up, and then we've lost 2-1, because we just didn't turn up in the second half, and that's a real concern. Something else that's a big concern for me is our attacking from open play. So whilst we had 10 shots yesterday, only one was on target. And we're actually third worst team in the league for shots from open play now. Only Bristol City and Peterborough have taken less shots from open play. And, yeah, it's just not great. We're, just, we're not scoring. We're conceding quite weak goals. Iverson, to his credit, is keeping us a lot of games. You know, he's faced the fifth most shots in the league on target. Um, but he's only got one clean sheet in his last nine games, and to be fair, that's probably down to what's in front of him. You know, look at the goals conceded, and it's like, well, you can't really point the finger at Iverson for any of them, really. Maybe the first goal against Blackpool, but you know, he's just been wrong-footed due to the nature of the shot. Um, twenty-two goals from twenty-one games. It's not great. You know, our xG. I know people hate talking about xG, but I think it gives a really good idea about where we're at as a, as, as a team attacking wise especially and our xg last five games averages less than one a game so we're not creating the chances we're not scoring many chances we're relying on you know emil reese to to put the ball in the net or you know ched to bundle one over the line against fulham for example to to get us a point and you don't know we were all right last week against fulham but <laughs> I just think creative-wise, at the moment, we're, we're really lacking. And something's got to give. And we've probably said that phrase a lot on this podcast in terms of something's got to give. And I just I just don't see us getting out of this little bit of a, a hole un, under Frankie, unfortunately. And it's nothing against the guy. I just think tactically yesterday was poor. And um, yes, we were a good first half, but it's not how you start a game, it's how you finish it. And we waited too long to make the changes to go forward at the back, which was probably the right thing to do, but you're relying on Scott Sinclair and DJ, you know, 12, 13 minutes on the pitch to create something and to create a chance, and sometimes you just need a little bit more than that. Um, so, yeah, massive game on Saturday coming against Barnsley, you know, a side that scored two goals in the last five games, you know, only got two points in those last five games and only won two games all season. Um, I think they beat... Coventry and Derby, uh, both at home. You know they've not won an away game all season. Just picking up four points, uh, picking up points at QPR, Cardiff, and somewhere else. But my notes are on my phone. I'm recording this as a note. Note, thanks, Jake. Um, but yeah, it's it is what it is. We've got to win at weekend. I'll take a scrappy one 0 off someone's ass. But you know we want to see performances. We want to see better performances and better application during games and that's what's going to get us out of the situation we're in. don't think we'll look anything like nearly a, a top six side. You know, whilst people might say we were close to Blackburn yesterday, 
they ultimately came out away with three points and we came away with none. And that's happened too many times this season. And um, yeah, just a little bit concerned. Don't think we'll get dragged into the bottom three, but we need to start picking up wins and we need to start performing like we want to be a top six side if we want to be a top six side let's put some performance in, performances in like one because I think the squad has got some quality in it I just don't have any faith in the, in the head coach unfortunately and yeah I think we need a bit of a change if it's going to be a season of transition if you want to call it that another word that people don't like then just let us know because ultimately is Frankie going to take us into the top six anytime his football head coaching career I can't see it with the way we're playing, unfortunately. And, yeah, hopefully we get a decent attendance on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's got to be better than the 7,000 or so that turned up against Fulham. And we'll just wait and see. We just want to be entertained. We want to be excited about going to Deepdale again. And I think performances have got to show that. So, just finally, before I uh, stop waffling, uh, big shout-out to Alan Brown. Thought he was excellent again yesterday. Um, you know he's taken a lot of stick on social media some of the things he's he's responded to and some of the things he's said but you know he's done really well past three four five games and that's got to be applauded but yeah see you all next week cheers jim to be honest hard to disagree with anything jimmy said uh obviously i've listened to all of these voice notes and i'm gonna say it now it's hard to dis- disagree with anything any of the lads have said but just want to echo what jimmy said there at the end about alan brown i think he's been brilliant last few weeks and been a big fan of him, you know. Uh, I know he's come in for a lot of stick, but I think he's started to do his talking on the pitch and, you know, he's probably in the form of his life. Well, maybe not his life, but, you know, the best form he's been in in the last probably two, two and a half seasons. So, yeah, uh, long may it continue. And I shall now hand you over to George. Yeah, another frustrating Derby Day, another disappointing defeat on Derby Day for North End. I didn't think the first half was awful. It wasn't great, but it was far from awful. I thought North End actually went in at half-time, having been the better team um, in horrendous conditions. But the game went ahead, um, and you can't really complain about that or, or sulk or feel sorry for yourself. And I didn't think North End did that. I thought they got on with it, tried to play, tried to pass with zip and conviction and went in at half-time, probably having shaded a scrappy and ugly first half in a derby and and then the second half was just more of what we've seen far too much of this year um, which was a team running and trying and battling but ultimately coming up short in terms of creativity um, imagination and lacking an identity in terms of how they were trying to score a goal or fashion out a chance or get themselves back into the game you it was hopeful stuff, long throws, um, long balls, and Blackburn were comfortable in the end, it looked like to me. I thought Lennon dealt well with the physical threat of Evans, which was, in a game like that, probably Preston's best chance of fashioning a chance or getting into it. But they nullified that threat well, Reese was quiet, and ultimately it's an, another example of North End failing to turn up on the big day. Um, you know, these matches that do mean more to fans that the chance to give the club a lift and and bring them closer together as a club. North End are failing to turn up and get the result and I don't think it's down to not understanding what it means or failing to um, get themselves up for it or 
or even trying on the pitch because I see a team working hard and caring but ultimately one lacking guidance and identity and of how they're going to go and, and get the result in these games that really matter um, and I think the test now for the management team is how do they pick that group up when they've come up short on the big day again um, how do they keep them believing in what, what they're doing um, and on board with it because time and time again North End are losing the matches that they're so desperate to win I watched Alan Brown's interview after the game um, with I Follow, and he just, you could see the pain and hurt in his face, in his eyes as captain. He looked a little bit lost, to be honest, as in, didn't really know where we were heading. Um, searching for the right answers, but having to face up to the cameras and the microphone again after a, a terrible result and. Brown spoke to us after the Cardiff game and said that this next group of games would give the, the squad a good idea of where they're going as a club and that points to the, the fact that they didn't really know um, prior to this group of games and then if you look at the results um, and performances I think you'd have to suggest that it shows North End aren't really going anywhere at the moment and I know you can point to how many points the top six might be away but for being realistic Preston have been in the bottom 10 all season really um, and whenever there's been the chance to capitalise and maybe show they deserve to be higher they've come up short and you're around the stage of the season now where you tend to finish um, around about where you are now so obviously some teams can push on late in, late in the season and there is a lot of time left but there's not really much being shown by uh, P&E at the moment that they're going to really kick on and climb that table. I thought Brown was as good as anyone yesterday. Um, been brilliant to see him getting close to his best form again. Um, you might argue he's already there, but I still think obviously the best, the best Alan Brown would be chipping in with goals and getting in goal-scoring areas, which we've not really seen of late, but... I think the energy and the aggression and commitment is back in his game and he'd be one of your first names on the team sheet right now. So that's been good to see. I think if you go back and watch the goals we've conceded of late, if you see Brown's reaction, he's always as furious as anyone. I know you'd, you might suggest that's the minimum you'd expect from one of your players, but the passion is still there um, every time he goes out onto the pitch and... North End are better off uh, with him than without him, that's for sure. I'll just go back to the sort of point about identity. Um, I just think so this season you're turning up and you've absolutely no idea how Preston are going to play. Um, I think the standards have dropped. I think we're accepting less as as all right and as decent. I think we've had one chance yesterday um, and yet you'd probably say the first half was pretty good but we've seen so much better from Preston teams in recent years than, than what's being served up right now. Um, I think, you know, I hate looking back to old teams and old players because, one, it's boring, and two, we've got a group of players at the moment that deserve uh, getting behind and, and better results than the, the picking up at the moment. I think there's some real talent in the North End squad right now, but for whatever reason, they're not being uh, put together and given the best chance to go out and succeed. Uh, but just going back to you know 
the team we've team we've watched in the last few years. You might have someone like Callum Robinson missing chances, or Gallagher might not be quite at it with his set pieces, or Daniel Fisher might frustrate you with a few daft moments. Same with Jordan Hugill, but you knew how that team would play every weekend. Um, you knew what you were turning up to to see, um, something to buy into, and I just don't think there is that with this side at the moment. You know, the hard working, um, they'll never down tools or anything, but you're not really sure. You're not really looking at performances and seeing a clear idea or plan of how to win matches, which which isn't good as a as a supporter, and I can't imagine that's great as a player as well. So that's a massive thing to try and fix. Just a couple other points about um, long throws. Personally, don't enjoy watching it. Um, I think we scored against Barnsley last season behind closed doors, Jordan Story. But other than that, oh no, it might have been Chet Evans actually, um, Jordan Story with the flick on. But other than that, I have to say it doesn't really create a great deal and we've not really seen a reason for continually using it and forcing Emil Reese to trek out to the touchline and hurl balls into the box every every few minutes and you know there will be a reason for the, the management team deciding to do that but on paper it's got your most dangerous player as far away from the box as possible um, and it just reeks a bit of desperation I think it's it's annoying to watch at times you have to say when little else is happening and that that then seems to be the, the main uh, idea of how to score a goal it just is it's not pretty um, and it's not really like West Brom where they were being sort of launched above the keeper's nose right on the sort of six yard box and they had big guys in the box who would who you, you could feel a goal coming from it um, it's sort of we just sort of hurl it in there and hope for the best Um so yeah, we'll have to see if that continues, but for people asking about it, I can fully understand that because I don't think it's great to, to watch um, your team doing that. And just finally on sort of formation and systems, I know 3-5-2's taken a bit of a battering this year and I can understand why. And, um, there's a lot of teams using it in the division this year and using it pretty well. It doesn't have to be a boring system. And it's, not a, it's not a dated one. There's a lot of teams using it. Um, and having success but I think far too often we do play with five defenders and your onus falls almost entirely on Emil Reese and midfielders to chip in with goals so yeah if you're looking at other systems you know obviously 4-3-3 would be the main one uh, but that you're looking at that and what's your front three really because Emil Reese, you know has looked better with a strike partner so it's Reese or Evans unless you shove Reese wide Josh Murphy's injured, Tom Barcazen's injured at the moment. Uh, Sean Maguire, you would argue, is is better as as a partner to someone else. So I'm not sure how this squad would uh, sort of fit into a 4-3-3. And obviously you've got Scott Sinclair, who's been poor this season, um, but as shown last year, he can score goals at the level. Alex Neal got, got the best out of him, um, but it'd need a, a massive upturn in form from Sinclair to warrant a place out wide in a 4-3-3 so I think 3-5-2 will be stuck with but you need to get more out of it and you need to get more out of the wing backs um, and 
there's just too much of a reliance, I think, on Reese to come up with the uh, moments of magic in the final third. Cheers, Georgie. Yeah, it's again, like I said a few minutes ago, it's hard to disagree with anything that was said. But I think just touching on the 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 system and the the formation that's played, George mentioned about you know you want to see more from your wing backs. Let's just take a look at the wing backs. Uh, Sepp's played there this season. He's got one goal. Josh Earl has played the majority of the uh, season on the left side at left wing back. He has one goal, one assist. I don't think Andrew Hughes has played there, but either way, he's had no goals, no assists. Uh, you've got Tom Barkhazen, who's played at right wing back a few times. He's got two assists. Matthew Ollisundy's played eight to two minutes on Saturday. He's got nothing. Greg Cunningham's played there, nothing. So, you know, when you, you're talking about a system and you want to see more from the players that play in a particular place in a system. You know, looking at five goal contributions from four or five players there, it's not great. And yeah, one of many things that I think can be improved this season. But for the final part of this episode, I will hand you over to a voice that you will, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you will be familiar with. If you're not a long-time listener of the podcast, then this is Ollie. Hi guys, hope you're all well. Ollie here, former resident on From the Finney podcast. Just sending a quick voice note after yesterday's game. I'm um, not currently in the country, so managed to watch an eye follow after seeing Jimmy's tweet about fear of missing out. Gave me FOMO as well, probably in hope rather than expectation. Um, but yeah, going into the game wasn't very confident. Don't think many people probably were. Um, probably why only four, four and a bit thousand fans turned up as opposed to the usual 7,000 at Rovers. Um, you know, I've not seen many games live this season, but I think the lack of any discernible style um, and relying on the quality of two Danish players is basically all we, all we could have hoped for. Um, so I wasn't confident going into the game, but, you know, if you look at the, the two 11s, matched each other up 3-5-2. Um, obviously Blackburn with a bit more flexibility than our than our system but especially with the conditions I didn't think there was anything in the game especially first half I think you know North End's midfield three um, I'd, I'd argue it's a top top six midfield three and I think you could probably tell we dominated Blackburn's midfield three um, I thought Alan Brown in particular showed good intensity to Jules so did Ali McCann um, and the conditions probably played to their strength slightly became quite scrappy um, rather than you know a more patient game which probably suits us more than it suited Blackburn. So I thought you know the midfield won their battles and the wing backs probably pressured quite high. All of Sunday coming in for his first start, I've been seeing quite a lot of him. He's he's going to pressure high. He's agile. He's quick. Um, he's got good agility in the, in the pressures. Um, I thought he actually got onto Pickering quite well and pinned him quite deep. And I thought Earl and Nyambi on the other side had quite a decent battle. But as I said, there was nothing in the game really. Preston didn't really create anything, neither did Blackburn. And, you know, I think we only had one shot on target in the first half, but I don't think, you know, either team really threatened. Um, and as usual, Frankie was probably happy with that second half. Obviously, a little bit of an overload on the left, good cross, and great header from very good striker in Brembreton Diaz. Um, you know, teammate of Alexis Sanchez at Chile, got good quality. And Liam Lindsay's just standing still, which you can't do against a striker of that quality. And then after that, you know, North End didn't really huff and puff. You know, you know when 
when you say a team huffed and puffed without creating anything, that sort of implies that they had sustained pressure or sustained possessions in dangerous areas. North End didn't have that. Um, again, the subs made no impact. You know, left it quite long, probably 70, 75 minutes to make a change. Um, so, you know, it, it just sort of petered out. And again, after the Blackpool game, after going 1-0 down, I don't think we had a shot on target. Um, and I don't think we had a shot on target yesterday in the second half, which is just absolutely horrendous, you know. We went long to Chet Evans yesterday. 20, 20 aerial duels he contested, he only won three. Um, so, you know, if you're going to be reliant on Chet Evans, you know, some people think he's, you know, a good striker at the level. I've got my reservations, but, you know, if you go in long and your striker doesn't win his aerials, you're not going to get any sustained pressure. And, you know, the wing-backs sort of lack 1v1 quality, especially on Sunday on his first start. I thought it was pretty amateurish to leave him on for sort of 85 minutes in those conditions. Hopefully not too serious reoccurrence of the injury, but... I said before the game, in, in those conditions, at this intensity, going from reserve football to sort of 85 minutes championship football as a wing-back, uh, it's a tough ask. So I don't think we can read too much into his performance yesterday. I think Joshua lacks sort of 1v1 ability, um, and I think he's probably more suited to playing in a, with, with a winger ahead of him who he can combine and rotate with. So, you know, you can't really create from, from those wide areas sustainably. The midfield three is quite static in terms of attacking the box, Again, rotating with, with the strikers. Um, so then, as we have been doing all season, you're probably relying on Emil Reese to outperform his XG through you know shooting from random areas early, hard and low, uh, or into the roof of the net. Didn't really get a sniff yesterday, did he? Um, I thought their three centre-backs you know, dealt with our two strikers really well. Um, so yeah, the game just petered out. You know, just absolute tactical nothingness, which is what I said after the game yesterday. You just... You know what? What is this team's style? You know we're not we're not a pressing team anymore. We don't press really from the front. Um, you know we're not we're not a patient possession team because we're very direct in possession. We're not really a counter attacking team because looking at the data in front of me, we only have around one shot from a counter attack per game. Um, you know we don't build through wide areas because we go one v one wide. Um, you know. We don't really get many quality crosses into the box. Amir Reese isn't really that kind of striker. So, you know, it's hard to say what the style of play is. And that's probably why we're so inconsistent. Because tactically, we just have no flexibility. Um, you know, we sort of sit sit in, defend the box, which, you know, fair enough, we do okay. But it's quite easy to do that when you're sort of 5-3-2. Um, so, yeah, just, just really disappointing from yesterday for the fans that travelled. For the fans that keep turning up, you know, the Blackpool game was unacceptable. Um, and then obviously we've, we've lost yesterday against Rovers at Ewood, which I haven't done for a long time. So for Frankie to say that a bit of quality has undone us and it's a little bit disappointing, um, you know, I think that's just, it's such a negative reaction. Like there's no intensity from the leader and, you know, not going to say too much, but it's hard to see a way out of this, really. Um, just looking more generally, the uh, the attacking metrics of the team really poor. Um, without Emil Reese, I dread to think where we would be. Obviously, Ched's come back and made a slight impact with two set piece goals. Um, you know, I think our XG from set pieces is about 0.25 XG per game. So 
we're sort of creating a goal scoring opportunity every four games from set, from set pieces, um, which is not really going to create you too much over a season. From open play, I think we're really poor for shots on target. I think we're sort of third, fourth, bottom in that respect. You know, we don't dominate possession. We don't press high. We don't attack, you know, with much quality on the ground. Um, we don't cause too many cheap losses in the opposition half. So, you know, and, and the lack of flexibility for me is probably why we're so inconsistent because, you know, we might sit in a shape and then nick a couple of goals on counter-attacks such as at, at Bournemouth away or, you know, we might sit in against Fulham um, and then, you know, rely on a set piece. But over the, the 24 teams in the league, there's probably not a lot between 15 to 20 of those teams. And if you're just turning up and hoping for a bit of quality, which is what Frankie alludes to all the time, then you know it's going to be a, a bit of potluck which way the result goes. Um, so yeah, very concerning. But I've seen people say the squad's really poor. I don't think the squad's 18th in the league. I think if you look at Daniel Iverson, Patrick Bauer, Sepp, Andrew Hughes has been good. You know, the wing backs okay, they're not great, but the midfield three, or you know the options in midfield, you go Johnson, Whiteman, Brown, McCann. Even Ledson, um, really good options in there. I think Maguire's a good link player. And then you've got Emil Reese who's going to score 15 goals. I don't think that team should be sort of 18th in the league. Um, I think Bank Frank has been well back, to be fair. You know, Alex Neal was asking for turnover of players. I think, you know, Frank has been afforded that luxury, you know, this summer to bring in his own players. And he's been given time, you know, with a turnover of players, which Alex Neal wasn't given, sacked in March. But... You know, this team needs to start getting more consistent results. I think that's one win in five now, which puts us, you know, down the bottom four or five in terms of form at the minute. Um, so I don't think you can really blame on player quality. I think there's a lack of tactical flexibility. You not get the system doesn't get the best out of many of the players, I don't believe. Obviously it suits Emil Reese with a partner, but you know, it stifles the, the midfield from attacking the box. I don't think we've got great wing backs in one v one situations. Um and, you know, we just, as I've said before, there's no discernible style of play, really. So, annoying for the fans to watch. Probably annoying for the players to play in, you know, this kind of system. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think we should be doing a lot better than we are. So, yeah, keep it up, lads, on the podcast. It's been great listening as someone who's not as actively involved anymore, you know, with, you know, f- football filling my time elsewhere. Um but yeah, let's hope this can turn around quite quickly and, um, you know, let's hope that we can start producing because the quality of the squad is nowhere near bottom six in the league. And without Emi Arise and Daniel Iverson, I dare say, you know, we'd be sort of bottom four or five. Um, so yeah, let's hope we can start picking up results soon. Obviously, massive game next weekend and then a few tough fixtures on the horizon as well. So yeah, hope everyone's well. And yeah, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. Cheers, Ollie. Yeah, and that listener brings the podcast pretty much to an end. It's been different. That's entirely my fault. So like I said at the start, feel free to give me pelters on, on Twitter. It's entirely fine. I, uh, I'm fully deserving of it. But yeah, the 90 minutes obviously that we did that you haven't got to hear, um, I felt was was good. And I think, on the whole, it, it's it's beginning to feel a little bit like 
Groundhog Day, like rinse and repeat. You know, largely we're talking about the same things over and over again. Fans are talking about the same things over and over again on social media. And you've got to wonder sometimes what desire do the club have to improve the main offering, which is the football on the pitch. Because at the minute, it seems like there's very little desire to do that. And it's turning people away. And it's not great, you know. Tendencies are dropping. Granted, COVID's an issue and, and will no doubt have had an impact in that. But it's not a good place to be in as a club. You don't want to be having to try and recover from low attendances and trying to bring back lapsed fans and lapsed supporters. So hopefully there's change soon. Uh, whatever that may be hopefully it starts on the pitch hopefully we start seeing a better brand of football and something to buy into more than anything and something to you know to get people and and supporters excited about going to Deepdale on a Saturday and and looking forward to more than just meeting up with your mates and having a few drinks which is a massive part of football whether you're meeting up with your mates and having a few drinks or not you know the social aspect is is huge, but you know we're fans of a football club at the end of the day, and you want to start seeing, or I presume we we all as Preston North End fans want to start seeing something better, um, a, a you know a, a dramatic improvement in terms of on the pitch stuff, and and quite soon. So yeah, it's uh, it's been different, and I appreciate if you've listened to this slightly unusual episode of the from the finney podcast you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney and if you're listening on an apple device specifically on the apple podcasts app then i would appreciate if you could leave us a review on there Uh, as jim said in the 90 minutes that we did if you could leave us a five star review but if you want to slag us off in the comments that's absolutely fine so yeah thank you listeners and to Ollie, Jamie and George thank you very much for your voice notes